Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. This is Reverend Rosemary with you tonight, thanking God for, again, for this wonderful opportunity that we have to study his word together. We're going to open our study with a word of prayer. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for bringing us together tonight, for the presence of your Holy Spirit with us and in us, and for the working out of your word in our lives. Let your presence, O oh Lord, bring life. Let it bring wisdom, let it bring peace and strength to us so that we may arise and follow through with you in every area of our life in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you for the blessings that will follow because your word that is received and acted upon will not return unto you void, but it will surely accomplish in us what you desire. Father, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, today we're looking at the topic of our authority in the name of Jesus. Amen. So when I say our, I'm speaking about the believer's authority in the name of Jesus. And to introduce this subject, we are first going to glance at God's divine exchange in uh, the new covenant through the blood covenant. Amen. You know, we all know that the Bible is divided along covenant lines. That is the Old and the New Testaments, which are actually the Old and the New Covenant. Amen. They are covenants. So scriptures reveal that at various times in history, God initiated covenants with his servants. Actually, there are seven major covenants, um, six of which God made with the following people, first with Noah, and then we have Abraham, and then Isaac, and then Jacob, and Moses, and then David. But the seventh and greatest covenant came in the New Testament between the father and his son. And this is the blood covenant that we are uh, speaking about today. And it's a covenant that uh, is different in that it was the covenant relationship between God the Father and God the Son, Jesus Christ, and is the greatest covenant that was ever initiated, and it fulfilled all the other covenants. And it has to do with what Jesus did to make the covenant in his blood so that we could enter into an everlasting relationship with God in union through a blood covenant. Amen. And so, you know, this is really God's sovereign grace at work. And it is the expression of his boundless love uh, for us because we do not in any way deserve the divine exchange that took place through the sacrifice of Jesus um, and his blood shed for us on the cross. And, you know, it is an exchange that opens up all treasures of God's provision. In other words, all the evil due by justice that was to come to us, it came on Jesus so that all the good that was due to Jesus, which he earned by his sinlessness and his obedience, uh, it might be made available to us. So on the cross, 
uh, we were delivered from the penalty, from the power, from the presence, and very importantly, from the pleasure of sin. And so you see God, his plan is that his people, he wants his people to be whole. And uh, the blood of Jesus, uh, it overcame, it demolished the realm of darkness. Um, in other words, it overcame its, the, its agents, um, its power, its influence, and its authority. So really, anything that could negatively impact our life, um, that is our spirit, our soul, our body, uh, and anything that deals with our lives, amen, um, it, that is what I would call the various aspects of our salvation, um, our redemption, the forgiveness of our sins, our cleansing, our uh, justification and sanctification, and our Ill healing. So all in all, our victory in all areas is assured. Amen. So really, um, what Jesus gained at the cross um, for us is the main thing. The righteousness uh, is actually the key to the substitutionary work of Jesus Christ. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21, we are told that uh, God made Jesus to be sin for us, uh, him who knew no sin, so that we might be made the righteousness of God in him, that is in Christ Jesus. So we see that the purpose of um, Christ's finished work was that he might make it possible for man, that is natural man, to become a new creation and by, by that new creation become the righteousness of God in Christ. And when we speak about righteousness, we speak about the ability to stand in God's presence as though sin had never been, amen, uh, to stand there without any sense of uh, inferiority or condemnation. And it means that, you know, it, this, this is starting right now. In other words, the moment that we give our life to Christ, amen, uh, we have uh, that righteousness. Um, we, we are closed with that righteousness. And as a new creation in Christ, amen, we are called to have the consciousness of this righteousness, the consciousness of one who is in right standing with God and to take hold of the authority that he has given us, he that is our father has given us in the name of Jesus. And that authority is given to us so that we could rule right here on the earth. Amen. So the authority has a purpose attached to it. It is for us to rule here on the earth. Amen. So the authorities really means the right to exercise power. Amen. So this right to exercise power, for example, um, we can see it in uh, Matthew. If we turn to the book of Matthew, uh, chapter 9 and verse 6, and this is Jesus speaking, 
And this is what he says, but that you may know that the son of man has power on earth to forgive sins. Then said he to the sick of the palsy, arise, take up thy bed and go unto thine house. Amen. So what do we see here? We see that Jesus proving his authority or power. And he did that, uh, you know, to save uh, from sin by healing the sick. Amen. So he proved his authority to save from sin by working out this miracle, by healing this person. Amen. And so Jesus continues though to prove this authority throughout the earth today. Amen. Uh, but, but you see, the way that he does it uh, is that he works spiritually through believers or Christians. Uh, since he himself is physically absent on earth, he's now seated at the right hand of the Father. Amen. And we are here, there, uh, here on earth. We are left here so that we can uh, work with him. The Bible says that we are co workers with Christ, that we are his ambassadors. Amen. Uh, and so we have a mission to fulfill here. And in order to do that, we have to be able to live our own lives victoriously and then uh, exercise you know, that same authority in reaching uh, out uh, in the world to others to advance God's kingdom. And for that, we need power. We need authority. You see, Jesus wants to rule the world, but he wants to do it through his people, through believers. So, uh, we have authority to ensure this objective. And again, uh, that authority invested in the name of Jesus. Amen. And um, it is the power of one uh, whose will and commands must be obeyed by others. Amen. Um, this authority invested in the name of Jesus. And, you know, it has to be obeyed by um, angels in heaven, by men and things on earth, and by Satan's and all the demons of hell. Amen. So every born again receives this authority the moment that he gets saved. And um, it actually comes with receiving Jesus as Lord and Savior. Amen. And so the word for um, power here. Uh, when we are saying that, um, you know, we receive this oath, this power. Um, it's the word exousia in the Greek, uh, which means delegated power, uh, liberty, uh, and the right to use power. Amen. Um, in other words, the word authority. Amen. As a son of God, just as Jesus, the son of God, received from the Father. Jesus received authority and power to minister salvation and healing and deliverance on the earth. And, um, and the same as Adam, whom also the Bible calls in uh, Luke 3.38, the son of God, um, Adam was given authority and power and dominion over all the earth before he fell into disobedience and sin. Amen. So the word there is authority, amen, authority. And of course, uh, accompanied by uh, 
you know, we, the power accompanies the authority. Amen. And so um, all Christians, again, um, you know, have authority against uh, the realm of darkness, against the works of the devil. All Christians are called to resist the devil in the name of Jesus. James 4 tells us to do that. Submit to God, resist the devil. And what will happen? He will flee. Amen. So there, something happens when we resist, when we submit to God and we resist. Satan flees. Amen. And so we are called to do that. And all Christians are called to go forth in faith. Amen. To set the captives free. Uh, this is the great commission that is listed in, um, for example, Matthew chapter 18, um, verses 18 to 20, and then um, the end there of Mark chapter 16, the end of that chapter is also the Great Commission. Amen. We see that every believer is called, amen, to go forth and to represent Jesus here on the earth, to share the gospel with others, to advance God's kingdom. Amen. So, uh, every believer has authority, and therefore he has authority in prayer. Amen. Um, so Jesus taught his disciples um, in John chapter 16 and verses 23 and 24. And this is what he says. He says, and in that day ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. Amen. So in speaking about um, having authority and authority in prayer, notice that Jesus says, whatsoever you shall ask in my name, he will give it to you. Amen. So consequently, it's not enough to simply know uh, about the name of Jesus. Amen. Um, more importantly, we need to call on the Lord's name in faith. And this is where the prayer comes in. Amen. When we say that we have authority in prayer, in other words, we have the right to, and the authority actually to do so, to call on that name in faith. Uh, that is prayer. Uh, made to God in the name of Jesus. So obviously this implies that number one, we trust uh, in God as our savior, as our deliverer, uh, that we know Jesus uh, as our personal uh, savior and Lord. Um, you see, because it is at the mention of the matchless name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, that the Bible tells us in Philippians chapter two, uh, that every knee bows that and every tongue confesses that he is Lord above all. Amen. So when we call, we must have the faith uh, that indeed he is our Lord and that he is not just our Lord, but that he's Lord of all. Amen. And so when we invoke the name of the Lord in faith, he responds. Amen. So the Lord said that we're actually to make demands in his name and he will do it. Amen. Uh, in John chapter 14, verses 12 to 14, he's, he he's, you know, explains this. If we ask anything in my name, he says, I will do it. 
Amen. So it means that uh, we are to resist the realm of darkness. We are called to uh, cast out uh, demons in his name. We are called to lay hands on the sick uh, to be healed in his name and all the wonderful works of God uh, that we are called to do or to be done in his name. Hallelujah. And we also uh, pray to the Father in the name of Jesus to meet our needs. Amen. Because he hears and he answers our requests. Amen. Hallelujah. And so, you know, we thank God that as born again believers, by faith in Jesus, we are saved. Uh, that, you know, by the stripes of Jesus, we are healed. It means that we are restored to health, uh, that we have the mind of Christ. The Bible tells us that, uh, you know, we have the, actually, we have the mind of Christ and um, that we are delivered from sin and all the effects of sin. Um, and therefore, we can be, and actually, we are all agents of God. We are his ambassadors. So we are called to go to, into the world um, where the sinners are and represent God in all that he is and has. We are to do that, to go to the nations. Amen. And so we can and must act with all authority as much as the Lord himself uh, would and will if you were here. In um, the epistle of John, First uh, John chapter 4, uh, verse 17, we are told that as he is, so are we in this world. Amen. So as the Lord is, so are we in this world. So you see, uh, God the Father will answer every prayer offered in accordance to his word, which is his will through the name of Jesus. Amen. And so, you know, by the authority of his name, as we stand in authority and walk in authority using the name of Jesus, we are called to bear much fruit for the kingdom. Let's go ahead and um, turn to John, the book of John, uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 15. And I'm going to read, uh, first of all, verse 5, and then we will skip to verse 16. John 15, verse 5. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Now, verse 15, he goes on to say, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he may give it you. Amen. So we see that again, God will answer every prayer that is offered in accordance with his will, which is his word, through the name of Jesus. Amen. And the purpose of, you know, God answering us, our prayers is so that we can bear much fruit. Amen. So we thank God that he has given us the name um, to represent Jesus. 
with all uh, he wills to to you know to be done here on the earth. So you know it it really means that um, through the use of his name and uh, through his obedience in his working in his word, uh, God is using us to invade um, the earth with his thoughts, amen, with his will. And secondly, that in our doing that, that he, he is working in and through us to dethrone um, another king, amen, and that other king is the enemy, Satan. Uh, so what he is doing is that he is shaping and designing the unseen realm. He is moving ahead with his plans to redesign what the enemy has turned into darkness, what is wrong. So he's dethroning it. So two things happen, as I said, uh, you know, as we walk in authority in the name of Jesus, representing him and his will on the earth, that number one, it is his will that is being done. It is his word and his thoughts that are invading the earth. And in, in doing that, that the enemy is being dethroned and God is using the church. He's using believers to do this work right here on the earth. Amen. And because of that, he has delegated us his authority through the name of Jesus. You know, the use of the name of Jesus is, you know, effective. And um, we must know that we have uh, this name as our prized possession. And uh, one uh, account in scripture really reveals the authority of the name of Jesus. And that account is taken from the book of Acts, uh, chapter three. And um, we are going to read starting verse two, amen. And um, we are going to read all the way to um, verse eight, amen. But the whole account actually, you can be read, um, you know, all the way to verse 15, 16. But for, for time's sake, I'm going to stop in verse, at verse eight, amen. So let's go ahead, Acts three, starting with verse two. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who seeing Peter and John about to go in the temple, ask an alms. Verse four, and Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Verse 6, Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Verse 7, And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Verse 8, And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. Amen. Hallelujah. So uh, let's note that here in verse 6, Peter says, um, he says, we don't have any silver and gold, but he says, but such as I have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Amen. So Peter 
is saying, we don't have what you're asking for, but we have something else. And what we have is a name, amen, a name that is greater than whatever it that you're going through or whatever it is that you need. The name is able to provide everything that you need because it is greater. And so Peter and John knew that they had the name, amen, the name of Jesus, a name that is greater than any other name, amen. And something also that I, I, I see that we can learn from this passage here is that there are two things that are essential if we want to walk in the authority of that name. Um, number one, it must, you know, we must have faith in the name of Jesus. And number two, we must know that Jesus is represented in his name. Amen. As you know, if uh, when you have time and you read all the way through verse 16, you will see that Peter goes on to explain that it's not him who healed this man but it was faith in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So um, our faith uh, in the word of God positions us to effectively use uh, the name of Jesus. Uh, so oh, yes, we, we, need, we need that faith in the word of God, which gives us faith in the name of Jesus in order to get results. Amen. Uh, the Apostle uh, John goes on actually to explain um, what we must do to be effective, amen, um, in the practice in, in, of the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I mean, there's, there, there's a lot that he teaches there, but one thing he does teach us in that passage is what we must do. Hallelujah. So that, um, you know, we can be successful in our walk with the Lord. Amen. And um, this is this what he teaches us in 1 John chapter 3, verses 22 and 23. And this is what he explains. He says, and whatever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Verse 23. And this is his commandment that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. Amen. So notice that we receive, he says, why do we, we receive? How do we do that? He says, be, because we have to keep, we keep his commandments or we obey his commandment. Amen. That's in verse 22. And then he goes on to explain what commandment he's talking about. He says, and this is his commandment, number one, that you believe in the name, amen, of Jesus Christ first. And then secondly, we have to love, amen, love one another. So two things, number one, believe in the name of Jesus. Secondly, loving one another. So let's look at this first part here, believing in the name of Jesus. What exactly does that mean? Uh, to explain this, let's go ahead and turn to Philippians chapter 2. And we're going to read verses 9 through 11. Philippians 2, verses 9 through 11. Wherefore, God has also exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things on earth and things 
under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. So what is the core message here? Um, the, 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 the essence of this passage here is that the name of Jesus represents the authority and power of the person that is Jesus himself, number one, and also that there is no authority or power greater than him. Amen. He is Lord of all. His name rules in heaven. It, his name rules on earth and under the earth, referring to the devil and the satanic realm of darkness. Hallelujah. So as we study this passage of scripture here in Philippians chapter 2, and then also um, you can go and read uh, Hebrews chapter 1. Uh, uh, we won't have time to turn to all these passages uh, again for, for time's sake, but we see that there are two sources of power connected with the name. Um, first of all, the power backing up the name, all of heaven. Almighty God is backing up the name. Amen. And secondly, the, there is power resident in the name itself. Amen. So when we exercise faith in the name of Jesus, we release both all the power of God, Almighty God in heaven. And secondly, we release the power that is in the name itself. Amen. So both sources of power are working together, including all the angels. When I say all of heaven itself, in other words, all the heaven angels in heaven, hallelujah, are there. You know, their work, their operation are, you know, included in the power that is in that name. That is why, uh, as we read Philippians 2, uh, verses 9 to 11, we are told that every name bows at the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Every name. Um, so let's go ahead and in connecting this to our, ourselves and what, you know, God has called us to do, uh, the fruit that he wants us to bear here um, on this earth and how that is connected to the use of his name, the authority he's given us. Uh, let's look at uh, John chapter 14, verses 12 to 14. John 14, verses 12 to 14. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Hallelujah. And then he even as, adds Again, connecting the love factor uh, in the following verse, verse 15, he says, if you ask any, anything in my name, I'm sorry, he says, if you love me, keep my commandment. Amen. So number one, we ask anything in his name. He says he will do it. And secondly, he says, if you love me, you ought to keep my commandments. Amen. So we find that in verse 12, uh, Jesus says that whosoever believes on him will work miracles. and then. If we jump to verse 14, he says, if you ask anything, you know, to ask for anything in his name, hallelujah. So what was he essentially saying here? He is saying that believing in him believes 
it, I mean, it equals believing in his name. Hallelujah. So um, this is essential for us to know that if we are saying truly that we believe in Jesus, then we have to be, to, you know, concerning about who he is and what his name represents. He is his name. This is what he's saying. If you believe in me, you believe in my name. My name represents me. And then he also says, love me. Amen. So therefore, the love that he's speaking about here uh, and, and his name cannot be separated. Uh, when you look at it, really, we can, the love of God has been shed abroad in our heart. The Bible tells us by the power of the Holy Spirit, we have the love of God abiding in us right now. Uh, we can love God uh, in return because uh, he first loved us and he's now living in us. And therefore, because he is resident, he's living in us, the power, we have this authority in his name resident in us. So we can also love in his name. Hallelujah. That agape love, we can love in the name of Jesus. We love by faith in the name of Jesus. And this is actually what enables us to love our enemy. We don't have it in ourselves, in and of ourselves, to, to the, those who are not our enemies perfectly as we are supposed to. Because there is no such thing as uh, agape love without Christ. Amen. Um, the love that mankind can offer is always selfish. There is always a selfish part to it in that uh, we always are looking after you know, what's in it for us. There is that selfish part of it. However, the love of God, when we love truly by faith in the name of Jesus, we are able to love our enemy as we are called to do by God. Amen. Um, now, as I said, um, you know, in looking at the book of Hebrews, we don't have much time to go into um much of that chapter. However, um, there are two verses that I will pick up though in, in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter one, verses three and four. Amen. Um, and we will see here what uh, we, we can learn about the name of Jesus. Hebrews one, verses three and four. Uh, who, that is speaking about Jesus, being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels, as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Amen. So one thing here we learn about the name of Jesus is that Jesus inherited the greatest, I mean, the, the greatness of his name from his father. Amen. And how is this, you know, connected to us and how does this benefit us? Um, it is because we now have this great name, the greatest, the greatness of the name of Jesus after the resurrection was given to us by delegation. Amen. And this is how this benefits us. He has this great name and now we have been given that name. Hallelujah. And another thing about the name of Jesus that we learn um, is that the whole family of God in heaven and earth uh, is named uh, of him. Uh, if Ephesians chapter 3 verses um, 14 and 15 tells us this. Uh, let me read that quickly. It, 
Yes. Um, Ephesians 3, verse 40, verses 14 and 15. For this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Amen. So we are told here that all the family of God in heaven and earth have been named after him. We have a name and we are called after that name. Hallelujah. Um, and we get more insight uh, into this uh, as we read Romans chapter 6 and verse 4. Amen. Romans 6 and verse 4, which says, Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in newness of life. Amen. Now, let me go ahead and explain uh, why I'm saying that this verse, Romans 6, 4, is giving us more insight. Amen. I'm, you know, I'm going to just state two factors here. In, in reading this passage, Romans 6, 4, we see that, you know, it tells us that we are buried with him by baptism into death. And then it says that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father. Amen. Then it connects us with it. It says, even so, we also should walk in newness of life. So we see that number one, God glorified Jesus. And you hear, you see the word here, glorified. The word glory is in there, okay? God glorified Jesus. And this same glory with whom Jesus was glorified has been given to the church. That is his body, amen? So he is the head and we are the body. And so the head is glorified. So the body is also glorified, amen? And secondly, we see that in the Godhead, that there is a man, then this man is Jesus. He's included in the, in the Godhead, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is the Godhead, and Jesus is included in that Godhead. Godhead. In other words, we are well represented, and because of that, we are called to live in newness of life. In other words, we are called to uh, a life that represents or reflects the person of Jesus. Amen. So we, are, we have his name. We are called by his name. Hallelujah. And we are called to a life that represents or reflects this person whose name we are carrying with us. Hallelujah. And as we continue to look further into what the name of Jesus represents, we need to go back uh, to Philippians chapter 2, uh, verses 9 and 11, 9 through 11. Uh, we, let me go ahead and read that um, very quickly. Uh, Philippians 2, 9 through 11. Wherefore, God has also highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that everyone should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, notice um, it speaks about the name of Jesus. Amen. It speaks uh, in verse 11, we are told that everyone should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. Take notice of this word, Lord. Um, the complex 
combination of the name of God uh, is made up of four Jewish letters, which is referred to as the Tetragrammaton. It's a long word, Tetragrammaton. And that is the name of God in the Old Testament. Amen. And notice that in the Old Testament, only the high priest could speak that name inside the temple. So not only only the high priest could do it, but he could do it only inside the temple. And some instead used the name Adonai. Um, But the more orthodox Jews would call, would say, call him Yashem, amen, Uh, meaning the name. There was such reverence, such fear of God that they would not even say his name. They would call him the name. Amen. So we understand now why in verse 10 of Philippians chapter 2, it says, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Amen. So at the name, Yashem, the, you know, every knee has to bow. It is the name that is above every name. And in, as we read this in English, though, it loses some of its meaning because we don't understand, uh, you know, the, 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 Hebrew, most of us don't understand the Hebrew language, amen, and uh, understand all these details, uh, which are actually all very important. But as we read that text in English, we see that uh, God's personal name has been called Lord, and usually it's capital, all caps, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, amen, referring to the essence of his being. In other words, who he's, he is, and it carries all the weight of his glory. And, you know, we praise God that the Bible tells us in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 uh, that we have the knowledge of that glory in our earthen vessels. In, in other words, we're, we're carriers of that glory. Uh, let's go ahead and read that passage. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. It says, for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our heart to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessel that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Amen. So notice that uh, the connection here, how this is connected to us, that we have this treasure in earthen vessels, amen, Uh, so that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. But then he also says before that, that God has commanded the light to shine out out of darkness, to and it has shined in our heart to give the light of the glory of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Now, let's remember that Um, we are going to read another passage here. And I'm going to connect all of that from the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 45, verses 23 to 25. Amen. And I know that I'm giving a lot of scriptures, but this is a Bible study. Amen. Uh, And this is how we learn uh, by studying the word of God. Uh, Okay. So the, the going back to this long word there, the tetragrammaton. Amen. It was spoken. 16 times in the book of Isaiah. Um, And as we read from Isaiah uh, 45, we find the word 
Lord written in all caps, meaning that it is God's name that he is, Isaiah is using there. Um, and this is again, the Lord, all caps, and the tetragrammaton, one and the same. Amen. So let's read Isaiah 45, verses 23 to 25. I have sworn by myself, the world is gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return, that unto me every knee shall bow and every tongue shall swear. Surely shall one say, in the Lord, all caps, have I righteousness and strength, even to him shall men come, and all that are incensed against him shall be ashamed. In the Lord, all caps, shall all the seed of Israel be justified and shall glory. Amen. You see the connection here between these two passages, 2 Corinthians 4, verses 6 and 7, and Isaiah 45, 23 and 25, and then also Philippians 2, verses 9 through 11. You know, the Lord is saying here that, you know, unto him, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall swear. Amen. And then he speaks again of his glory. He says, in the Lord, all shall all the seed of Israel be justified and shall glory. So the reference to the Lord here, we see that this, he was, as I was prophesying here, hallelujah. And basically he was telling us that Jesus would be given the name, the, this, the tetragrammaton. I mean, he would be the capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. Hallelujah. And there is such power in that name that, for example, remember in the garden when the Roman soldiers came to arrest Jesus uh, and they said they were looking for Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus answered, I am. Uh, you know, some Bible says, he's, Jesus said, I am he, but this is not what Jesus said. Jesus says, I am. And we are told that the soldiers went backwards and fell. Uh, you see, so the name I am is synonymous to the name Adonai, uh, which uh, we said the, the people then, the priests then, some of them would call, would use that name rather than, you know, the, the tetragrammaton. Amen. Just fall letters or call him Yashem, um, referring to all that God is. So when that name is spoken, I am, it cannot be spoken without power being released. And so when Jesus himself spoke these words and he said, I am, there was such power displayed and in such a great manner that these men uh, fell to the ground at the power of those names. Amen. So anytime that we see, uh, you know, the, this, the name of the Lord mentioned, we have to understand that there is power in that name. For example, even in Exodus chapter 15 and verse 26, when, the Lord, when God says, I am the Lord, it's all caps, that healeth thee. Um, he was saying, uh, you know, I am the Lord, um, Adonai, referring to his name. And then who heals the, which is Rofi, amen, God, our healer. So Adonai being the name of the Lord and Rofi being the action of healing, God, our healer. And this is why whenever faith is expressed in the name, amen, in the name, in Hashem, which is equivalent to the name, 
then God's presence and power are manifested to heal, uh, to deliver, to set free, and to make whole. Amen. So we understand that there is great power in the name. So I've just made a connection here between, you know, uh, the name of Jesus and the name of the, 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 the Father. Amen. And this next verse here actually establishes also the connection between uh, uh, the power of uh, the Holy Spirit also, which is included in the, 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 this name, a capital L-O-R-D, or the tetragrammaton, which now has been given to Jesus. For example, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 17 and 18, the Bible says, now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Notice that in verse 17, now the Lord is that spirit, it's written in all caps. Uh, the name and it's spirit, and it says that the Lord is that spirit. So again, we see the triune Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy and Holy Ghost. Amen. And the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, is called the Spirit of the Lord. So, in summary, what we actually see here is that all the names of the Father and the Spirit were put put together into Jesus. Hallelujah. And He has given been given been given a name that is above every name so that is why jesus says if you have seen me you have seen the father but now we also see that the power of the holy spirit the spirit of the lord is resident in him hallelujah so he's resident in the name and this is what we are talking about tonight amen our authority in the name of jesus and i wanted to explain a little bit about what is included in the name of Jesus. And for us to know that we have authority, we have been given authority in that name. So whenever we are facing the enemy, amen, we have to remember that we are part in a sense of the Godhead because we are the body of Christ. Jesus is the head, we are his body, amen. And so we are there, we are well represented. He's there with us. Amen. And so we, we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, the Bible tells us. So we have, we must be able to call upon the name and know that when, we, at that name, that the enemy has got to flee. Amen. And um, let's go back now a little bit and look at 1 John 3 again and verse 23. Because we, I started explaining the portion that we ought to believe on the name of Jesus. Amen. And now I want to look at the second part of that verse that says that we are to love one another. And this is, like I said, those, those are things that work together. Amen. The name of Jesus, believing on his name and loving one another. Uh, are, it's an important principle for us to remember that Galatians chapter five and verse six tells us that faith works by love. Amen. Faith in the name of Jesus only works by love. And we are called to develop faith in that name. Hallelujah. In the name and treat it with extreme respect um, in its power and in its holiness. Amen. Hallelujah. 
we can only love through faith in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Um, and also vice versa. Um, you know, one without the other will not work. Amen. And so um, let's look at what happened uh, when we call on that name. Uh, the Bible told, you know, gives us examples here of even, um, you know, when Jesus delegated that power to his disciples, even before he went to the cross. Notice what happened. Um, in Luke chapter 10, uh, verses 17 through 19, I'm going to read that passage there. Luke 10, verses 17 through 19. It says, And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Amen. Hallelujah. So notice the, the disciples came back saying, even the devil was subject unto us through thy name. So we see that the name, the devils were subject to the disciples. How? Through the name of Jesus. Why? Because the name of Jesus is above every name. So in the name of Jesus, we are authorized to speak to the dead. Amen. Um, we are, and, and bring them back to life. In the name of Jesus, the kingdom of Satan is completely defeated. We must believe God for his lordship to, to rule in every area of our lives. The lordship of Jesus must be evident. Note, remember, Jesus says in uh, Mark chapter 9 and verse 23, he says, if you can believe, all things are possible to whom who believes. Amen. Um, so remember, going back to Acts chapter 3, uh, when Peter told this man, silver and gold have I not, but what I have I give. So Peter knew that he had something that he could give. And what, what he had was the name of Jesus. And when he used that name in faith, we saw that the power of God, uh, you know, was present and it did what is impossible for men to do, but that is possible only for God to achieve. Hallelujah. And God, you know, always keeps his word. Uh, God is faithful to his word. The Bible says that God has magnified his word above all his name. Hallelujah. And so um, the Bible says also in Ecclesiastes chapter 8 and verse 4, that where the word of a king is, that there is power. Amen. So when we have the word of God and we walk in faith in the word uh, and, you know, and, and we exercise our authority in the name of Jesus, um, you know, we are exercising, we are walking by the spirit and nothing uh, is, should be impossible to us if we are walking in God's will. Hallelujah. You see, God created the world with his word and he holds it in place. The Bible tells us by the word of his power. And so, you know, if earthly rulers can keep their word, we don't have to worry that God will not keep his word. God will certainly do better. We have the account, for example, uh, I believe it's in Mark 6, of how wicked King Herod uh, had to keep his word to his stepdaughter. Um, 
and kill John the Baptist just because of his promise to give her whatever she wanted if she, had, if she were to dance for him. And so she did. And then she asked him you know, for his promise and he had to execute it. Um, and he killed John the Baptist. So, um, because that's what the girl had asked. And so, you know, the name of Jesus represents salvation. Amen. In Matthew 121, his name represents salvation. And God gave Jesus' name to him. And he is going to ensure that all its meaning is realized to all who believe and call upon him. Amen. And the Bible tells us that no one who calls on the name of the Lord will ever be put to shame. Hallelujah. Um, you know, we, the body of Christ, must know um, and operate in authority. Jesus gave his disciples power, as we saw, and authority over all the devils. Uh, concerning us, we are his disciples, if indeed we believe in him, and we are seated in heavenly places far above principality and power, according to Ephesians chapter 1, Ephesians chapter 2. Amen. We are called to use this authority to prayer and confession of the word. We are, we have authority to tread upon serpent and scorpions. And Jesus promised that nothing would hurt us. Amen. We have to have faith in the word of God. We have to know that we have this authority that we can use. And a lot uh, if I can say many believers, uh, they suffer unnecessarily. Why? Because they fail to understand the name, what they have in the name of Jesus, what they have been given, and because they fail to, therefore, to exercise their authority. And therefore, we have studies like this, where I believe the Lord is reminding us, amen, number one, about his name, secondly, about the authority that we have in his name, Amen. So, you know, it is time for us to stop being fearful and we have, we must arise and go against the enemy with great power and great authority. Amen. And we must stand in faith in the authority of the name of Jesus and command every mountain to move. Why? Because the name of Jesus rules. The blood of Jesus rules. Amen. And the life, the Bible tells us that the life of the creature, creature is in the blood and Jesus gave his life for us. He shed his blood for us. Amen. And we are told in um, Revelation chapter 11 and verse 12 that the brethren overcame by the blood of the lamb and by the word, the testimony. Amen. So it is time for us to rise up, take hold of the word of God. Amen. Apply the blood of Jesus. Walk in the authority of his name. Amen. And let the blood of Jesus that speaks greater, you know, better things than that of Abel. The blood of Jesus that makes a new and, li and living way. Let the blood speak for us. Hallelujah. Let the name go ahead of us and subdue every enemy and, you know, demonstrate to the world that Jesus is Lord of all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for, for redeeming us through the blood of Jesus. Uh, we thank you for freeing us from the power of sin and the grip of Satan. And today, oh Lord, we thank you for reminding us of the authority we, that we have in the name of Jesus. 
And we rise up, Lord, to call on that name, the name that is higher than any other name, Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, that in that name we are saved. In that name we are delivered. We are healed. We are protected from our enemies. And we are elevated above all trouble and all opposition in the name of Jesus. Lord, we praise you for the grace that you give us, for the wisdom and the ability to walk in the light and in the victory of your name and for bringing us to a place of peace and of joy in the Holy Ghost. Father, we give you all glory. We give you all honor and all praise, O God, for what you have already done in our lives and what you continue to do to glorify your name in us and through us. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen and amen. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, unto him be glory by in the church by Jesus Christ throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Hallelujah. We praise God. I thank God for this study tonight, and I, you know, I trust that it's been a blessing to you, and I invite you to join us again next week at the same time. God bless you and have a good night.